0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So, yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm really excited for you to meet today's guest, Ben Nazari. We talk about him immigrating to this country as a young boy, the value of regular self-reflection, and being accountable for your own life. Enjoy meeting my friend, Ben. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I am really stoked to be talking to a new friend, Ben Nazari. Welcome to the show, brother. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Pleasure to be here and uh, talk fatherhood with you.
0: Yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this all day. Just a a moment to pause. You know, I know you're real passionate about life and fatherhood, so this is going to be a killer conversation. I want to start off real quick to help people know who you are. Just rapid fire a few questions. Where is it that you live?
1: I live in Sacramento, California. I've been here since about 1999. Okay. And how
0: old do you find yourself today? Uh, 35. 35. All right. And how
1: many years you've been married? Oh, man, I've been married. I want to say this May will be six years.
0: Okay, nice. And then how many kiddos do you have?
1: I have one daughter. She's 19 months old. And actually tomorrow, today, today, she's 19 months old.
0: Love it. And then, and then is, you know, everybody's going to ask you, is there the talk that there's going to be some more down the road?
1: We want another one, definitely at least two. You know, I grew up with a big family. I had three uh, brothers, two older, one younger, myself, a ton of cousins. And uh, yeah. so we definitely see the value. And then we definitely down the road, yes.
0: Yeah, down the road. <laughs> still in <that>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, still in the little stage. So, um, yeah. right, what do you do for a living to provide for the family?
1: You know, first thing I do is I do, I'm a general manager of a large gym facility here in Sacramento. Um, your eye is Ultimate Fitness. Uh, and on the side, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. I'm a business coach for fitness professionals who are struggling to, to find their way through this business because it is a hard business.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then when you think about being a father, right? So the last nineteen months, big transition. You you work in a gym where it's not just your typical gym. There's a ton of testosterone, ton of stuff going on. People in and out. (laughs) Yeah, people in and out, traveling. You know, training. Uh, So so you're in a bit of a. I don't know if it's fast paced. Would you call it kind of fast paced?
1: Fast paced with a lot of uh, variables. With a lot of variables. You know, a mm. lot, a lot, a lot of moving parts.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're the general manager for that, so kind of the buck stops with you when it comes to that. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, the balance, but uh, when you think about becoming a father, you know, the last 19 months, what have you learned about yourself? Right. So, so you know, you you probably lived at home until you know somewhere 18 to 20. Then you were out on your own. You know, 20 to 29. You got married at 29. Now you're learning some things, right? You're married. And then here comes this little girl. What are some things you've learned about yourself in that
1: time period? You know, um, I would say the biggest thing is that I I have to find a way to improve myself and be a better version of myself because how much she relies on me, you know, and and she doesn't deserve anything less but the best version of me. So I've had to do a lot of soul searching and figuring out what are the important values, to me in my life. And what do I want to instill in her? That's one of the biggest things.
0: Has that changed since you become a dad? Is that there was like this, this uh, reset, if you will, of, okay, my values, uh, maybe time values, time commitments, that's changed.
1: Absolutely. You know, Hmm. before I I used to be a workhorse and I still am, but I put limits on it. You know, i only go to work at a certain time. I have to be home by a certain time because it's important to me to start my day with her, Help her get her day started. Eat breakfast with her. Play with her a little bit. Um, and then at nighttime, you know, be there for dinner, be there for her bath time, her play time. Put her down for the night. You know, so it, it, work life balance is is definitely taking a priority. Um, and, which... and how do you
0: how do you make that pause? So uh, I know we're going to get into it, but how do you make that pause when you show up to the office and a lot of the people you're seeing maybe training for fighting, maybe be training for. Um, you know, big fights, uh, maybe married, maybe not, but I mean, they're putting in, I would think an unlimited amount of hours, right. There's an, that's just live, sleep, breathe everything that, so how do you not have your identity caught up in that and say, constantly remind yourself this other thing's more important to me.
1: I think one mental fortitude, you know, it's, Hmm. you can't allow other people to push, their agendas on you, you have to have some kind of strong morals and just say no, you know. And at the end of the day, the work is always going to be here, the work doesn't stop. Yep, you know, Mental and if fortitude, you get caught up, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, if you get caught up in saying that I have to get this done today, mm. the reality is you're going to do that every single day and you're never going to go home.
0: Yes, the work will always be here. And if you find yourself, if you have a habit of saying I got to get this done today that's probably some self-reflection you got to do.
1: Absolutely. And, and just learning to say no, you know, when I was a lot younger, I would say yes to everything.
0: Mm. I thought
1: I had to do everything, but the reality is I don't have to do everything. Um, and the other part I think is I, I'm, I'm a really good leader. Uh, I'm good at teaching my staff and my team how to be independent and take ownership. So it's it allowed me the opportunity to be able to say, no. you know, if things were falling apart and I had done my foundation work within the business, then absolutely. I mean, I would have to be here. I, I really wouldn't have a choice or I lose the job or the business doesn't do well. You know, it, it kind of goes many different directions. What does it but mean? I'm surrounded. Go ahead. Forward. So I'm just surrounded by great people that I, I've developed. Um, they trust me. I trust them. Um, give them leeway to do what they need to do. Um, and just kind of guide them when I need to. Hmm.
0: Okay. So you said a couple of things in there that are probably the answer to this question, but you said you're a good leader. What does it mean to be a good leader?
1: I think, one, not being afraid of other people's success. You know, a good leader Mm. wants to bring everyone up around them. It's not about me winning. It's about the team winning. And Mm. that means people suppress me in sales. They are better communicators than me. They are better at, you know, customer service. That's okay, because at the end of the day, it benefits me, right? And, And not being focused on me being focused on my team and developing them, you know, not so much focusing on their weaknesses, but I would definitely say, if you see a weakness, being honest with them and then giving them options to improve it. Mm. When you know their strengths are play into those strengths, don't be afraid of it. Um, and also leading by example, you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do here that would ask of my staff.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I
1: think them seeing that it's kind of built the culture around that. And also a, a winning culture is everyone here wants to win. Everyone here wants to do better. And I think that kind of drives people to improve and be a better version of themselves, which helps ultimately me and the business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what gives you the confidence? Because, um, when I first asked you, what does it mean to be a good leader? You said to something to the extent of not being threatened by those around you. Um, what gives you that confidence to be you in your own skin and not compare yourself to others, which which then really is the team approach. But I think many of us, you know, are very self centered and self focused, and we feel threatened. So, what gives you that confidence?
1: I think one, just experience. You know, I've been in this fitness industry for about fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, being in it, I, I, you know, of course, just like anyone that starts anything new, I sucked at it. But I, I worked hard at learning everything that has uh, brought me to where I'm at today so just knowing that knowing that I'm gonna sound a little cocky here but knowing that everything that I touch turns into gold and that I have a track record of it there isn't one business that I've operated opened um gone into and was broken and wasn't able to fix and set records at it's just I have the drive to win and I'm willing to put in the work to win so that's what gives me my confidence
0: love it Okay. So you touch turns to gold and the businesses that you have worked on and you coach businesses as well. Now, yeah. what would you say is that secret sauce to it? Is it the uh, showing up as a servant and not and not being threatened? Is it just putting in the hard work? Is it something else?
1: I think it depends on on the situation. So like when I work on, uh, when I help, uh, when I consult with Fitness professionals and help them with their business. You know, we get so caught up working in our business that we forget to work actually on our business, right? Yeah. So you start mm-hmm. missing important, important uh, uh, factors and, and important things that have to be done for you to succeed and make money. Um, also, I'm really good at you know self reflection, and that's something I teach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pe- people don't want to be honest with themselves; they want everything sugar coated. So part of my coaching program is that I'm honest give them constructive feedback, and I really empower them to make those changes. But also with, with that constructive feedback, I give them the tools to fix it, right? I don't just criticize someone for no reason. I, I just give them constructive feedback on how to improve those parts of their business. And for most people, most people they, they take it. I mean, uh, most of the fitness professionals I work with are seeing a 50 to 200% increase in their business, which is huge for someone that's just starting in this business and having, learning how to do it properly from the get-go.
0: Yeah, I would say what's interesting though, it just thinking about this is if you know working with business or with uh with like um, fitness professionals is that if you're going to talk to you know somebody who started a business and it's not going the way they want, and then you talk to somebody who's in the fitness fitness professional already. And they've, they have the physique, like they've clearly put in the time and effort. They've already built that habit of knowing how freaking hard, how many hours, how much it takes, how much discipline it takes just to build the physique of your body. So like all that work that they did beforehand, probably gives such a level up to know the level of commitment it's going to take compared to, a lot of us who kind of just had it pretty easy growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, like we kind of lived in this pretty simple, uh, cush bubble. Um, cool. Love it, man. Solid stuff. As you've been a father the past 19 months, what's been the best resource
1: to you? I think the experience I've had with my own father, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough, my father's been there for me yeah. every day that I could remember, you know, um, we we immigrated into the United States, we left, uh, I was born in Iran, uh, Tehran, Iran, uh, we saw the political climate, my parents decided to follow my mom's side of the family, leave the country, bring us here. Uh, so my dad my two older brothers left before us. They went to Austria, kind of established themselves. And my mom, myself, and younger brother left after them to go meet them there. Wow. How old um, were I, you? I, oh, man, I don't want to say for you, I want to say 10, nine, uh, maybe even a little younger. So still, um, like but, a
0: big, big, big difference. I mean, memorable. It's not like you were yeah. two years old.
1: Oh, yeah, man, I was definitely memorable. One thing I remember that I will never forget is myself, my mom, my younger brother, uh, meeting up one of my family friends, uh, of my dad, and he helped us sneak over the border in the middle of the night. Wow. Uh, I would, you know, being that young and remembering that it's just, it always puts things into perspective for me, you know, that my parents sacrificed so much for me, for me to come here. You yeah. know, how can I fail? That's not even an option. Like I, I have to succeed because my dad barely gets to see his parents, his his brothers, his sisters, his nephews and nieces. So they're all there. Mm. My mom's side of family here. So seeing that kind of sacrifice, I have no choice but to make sure I put that to, to good use. Yeah, it's like you. Yeah. So let me
0: ask you this though: Is it is it that you have this deep sense that you you want to honor that, or is there this pressure that? This is what we did for you, so you honor it.
1: I think it's a little bit of both, you know. Okay. I, I, you yeah. Know, you know, in, in, in my culture, we we respect our elders like there's no tomorrow. They mm-hmm. are everything to us. Um, so, a part of it is wanting to making sure I make them happy, right? They don't want to see me come out, leave the leave that leave those situation that situation, come here and just ruin it, right? Yeah. And yeah. Then just go back to there. But a part of part of it is i do want to honor it and you know it's it's just a big sacrifice my dad made you know unfortunately he wasn't there when his mom and his father passed
0: yeah you know
1: and i put myself in his shoes mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine that yeah so that that that's big to me you know and what yeah. he did is this huge but you said what's been the biggest resource is is my dad and uncles you know they, mm. they all immigrated into the united States uh, none of us were born here so my daughter is actually be the first of my bloodline that's actually born here wow uh Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, but they were the best resource, you know, they, they left everything, sold everything they had, went into a new country, started from scratch, working, you know, two, three jobs to, to make sure we had food on the table. We were able to pay our rent and all my uncles did this. My father did it. My brothers did it. So, you know, I've had a lot of great men in my life to, to really show me what good work ethic means and what it means to be there for your family.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, it's so rich and so good. And and it's, you know, when you bring it into perspective, like right now I have a multiple businesses, but it's just because I have a drive and want to, I don't have to, you know, you, you same thing for you, you know, sounds like, and, and you think about your dad showing up to a new spot and just going like, I'm going to do whatever I can for my family. So you and I are like, oh, we're balancing our life and we make our own hours so that we can get home and, you know, play with our kids because we have this, Amazing gift that we don't want to miss that we have that. But there are those before us very closely tied to you, your dad, and you know, for others who, you know, however you want to look at how we all got here, um, who've put in some serious work for us to be able to do what we do. So since you're Absolutely. closely tied to that kind of like family tree of, of the story so close to home, when you think about your dad when you were a kid, you learned a great work ethic from him. But I'm, I'm I'm what was it like for him to be around you and engage with you right? Because you and I talk about a lot now about we, we want to be at all the kids baseball games and we want to be at all this, that and the other. and I don't know that that was always there for the generations before us and sometimes I think we frown upon it and we shouldn't because yeah they were doing what they had to do. Like we live in a different yes. time. So, so what was your relationship with him and what does that look like? Because you have a big respect for him one culturally two Cause you saw him work, but then what was like your relationship with him?
1: Believe it or not, man, he made it happen. He mm-hmm. was always there for me, you know? So one thing with him and I really shared was basketball. You know, I was okay. really good at basketball going elementary, middle school, high school. I, I played all in all the teams, uh, but my dad somehow made it work. You know, he would get up 3am, go to work yeah by the time mm. he can come take me from school to practice to basketball games, take me home, he'd go back to work. You know, he sacrificed where he had to to make sure he was there for me and he didn't miss everything. which you know I saw I saw the sacrifices he was making, and, and that's one of the reasons when I, I want to honor it, that is a big part of it is yeah. he literally lost sleep, time with my mom, with his siblings, with his family and he still made it happen for me somehow. You know, yeah. it's it's amazing that he was able to do that and work two three jobs.
0: That's beautiful. Now, let me ask this. Did you look at your dad and think, "My dad is stressed and overworked" and and, and I say that because was he showing up at home like bitching about work and feeling stressed? And
1: that, no, man. yes. Oh, dude. I, I don't remember my dad ever coming home and complaining about having to work too much yeah. or being tired. You know, it was just, I think it was kind of probably instilled in him from my grandfather where that's what you got to do as the man of that. That's house. what you do. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was an option. I don't feel like it's an option. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm tired. I, right now I get up around 3am and I'm working from 3 a.m. to 7, 7.30 on my own side business. Then I'm getting ready with my daughter, getting her going for the day. And I'm heading to work around 9.30. And I'm here till about 6, 6.30. Then I'm rushing home, which I think I live five minutes away. I'm getting home. We're eating dinner together. Then we play. My daughter loves to dance, so we're dancing. Mm. Then we give her a bath, which is always a fun experience. Then we play some more till she's ready to crash up. And then I go to bed as soon as she does, you know, and then repeat again, nonstop.
0: Yeah.
1: I I don't complain, man. I I don't see it as a chore. I don't see it as me doing anything, but what I have to do. So.
0: Dude, I love it. It's, it's inspiring. It's beautiful. Uh, When you think about the role of the father, how would you describe the role of the father?
1: Oh man, I think that's a great question. I think there's so many roles dads can play, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But first and foremost, You know, I I think my job, at least I'm not going to speak for every father. I think my job for my daughter is to be a mentor, you know, um, and show her the right path in life. Um, show her that she always have, she always has an option. Mm. There's all, there's no such thing as a no win scenario. I want to show her that there's no such thing as participation trophies. You know, Mm -hmm. you get out of life, what you put into it. Um, but I also want to be there for her emotionally. You know, Uh, I think my role is to teach her emotional intelligence, how to deal with her emotions, that it's okay to be vulnerable and be emotional, but also how to be strong at the same time. Yes. Yes. Um, I do want to teach her to be a leader. You know, I I think leadership, everyone just looks at it as like a business trait. I think that's a life trait. You know, I I have been fortunate enough to where I've had some great mentors in my life, you know, including my family, but, some great leaders that taught me how to be a good leader and you know since learning it and really applying myself to it i've been able to surround myself with the right people and learning how to identify how to cut cut my losses have the right people that are going to help uplift me in life who are going to add value to my life and that comes from being that type of a uh, positive influence in other people's lives and i think that comes from being a leader right because people mm-hmm. want to be around the same, I, i'm going to attract the same type of people i want to be around yes so I think that's it. But also I think being her friend, you know, I, I don't want my daughter to ever uh, feel like she can't talk to me. Yeah. She can't vent to me. You know, I, I don't want her idea of venting, being going out drinking. Cause that's her only option. Right. I want her to know she can tell me the truth every time. I'm not going to judge her. I'm going to help her through it. So, and like I said, I think, I think as a father, we play so many roles, and, and it's yeah. hard to just narrow it down to one. I think the circumstance will really dictate what kind of father you are. Right. If you're having a discipline, you're a dad. If you're talking about the day you had, maybe you're being a friend. Um, Maybe you're trying to teach them how to uh, work through a loss at a basketball game, mentoring them through that. Um, So there's a lot of different traits we play and different hats we have, we have to put on.
0: Man, it's so true. So you go through this, you know, once you start going, you're like, Oh, I'm this. Oh, and also this, and a little bit of this and some of that. And I think it's encouraging for dads to go one, you got to live life because if you're going to be a role model, you're going to be a guide. You're going to show them the path. You got to live life. So, you know, right. So you've been there And, and not know the, all the answers, but you got stories to share. And then it isn't just one thing. Sometimes I'm my, my kid's friend. And sometimes I'm their dad. Right. And I'm playing these roles. And, and I think that sometimes we may have seen a dad only play one role and that doesn't have to be the case. You know, there's been times where, so I have four daughters and a son, and there's been times where mom has been out of town or me and my son went and did something for a couple of days. And I come back and then he's mouthing off or doing something. And I, I, I say, bro, We're not friends anymore. We just had a great time goofing off doing this, that, and the other, but now it's back to me being your dad and the way you're acting isn't working right now, you know, and there's those moments and it's okay to flip back and forth, um, in that, because as long as we're creating stability, right. And everything you're talking about is your stability for your child.
1: Absolutely, man. And, and we're their guide. If, if if we don't correct our children because we feel like it's offensive, who's going to do it
0: for us? Oh, my goodness. The world. That, and it's going to be so much harsher than you than you it, it, yeah. disciplining them. You, you hit it on the head. It's
1: our job to prepare them for the world, right? And How do we do that? We have to be honest. We have to discipline them yes. when they need to. We have to, you know, let them hear it. But at the same time, we could be nice about it. We don't have to be jerks about it and rip into them and beat right. them and do all that. I mean it, it, there's there's tactful ways of going about it but you have to do it there's but no you way you have
0: to, to yes yes yeah. um man I'm loving this conversation so the the podcast is fatherhood field notes and we're doing it you're opening up your life stories uh your field notes as as a dad as a human and the mantra behind it is rebel and create And the idea with this is as men, we, we have a fight, we want to rebel. And so what are you rebelling against, but not just for the sake of going and being destructive, but you want to rebel against some status quo so that you can create, make room to create something else. So when you think about that, what are you rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of it?
1: All right. So uh, this might be a little bit touchy subject, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I feel like as a society, we're just going out a, a bit of a weird path. You know, uh, We can't be honest with each other. Everything has to be sugar-coated. Everything mm. is offensive. Um, a lot of participation trophies. And with the generation I grew up in and the way I was raised, you know, it's kind of offensive to see, mm. now, especially considering I have family back home, having conversations with them and seeing the real hardships they're having. So that that's that's what I want to rebel against, you know. It's this participation trophy, unintel emotionally intelligent society. Everyone, you know, is feeding off their feelings rather yeah. than taking things for what they are. Hmm. Having an outside or third person perspective on everything and reflect, take some ownership in everything that happens. You might be in a crappy situation, and that's that's going to happen, right? But the important thing is, how can you own that situation? What could you have done differently to not be in that situation? What yeah. are you going to do differently to get out of it? Also, uh, I think one of the things I want to rebel against is uh, it's okay to fail. I think we're also afraid of failing, whether it's fatherhood, our careers, our, our fitness, um, uh, entrepreneurship, whatever it is. Everyone's so afraid of failure as if it's the end of the world. And if you fail, it defines you. I I think the opposite. I think failure is is a necessary tool for us to get to where we need to go. Right. If, if we had everything on the head, every time we tried, what kind of character does that build? What does that really teach us in life? I mean, nothing.
0: Yes. So I want to go on this for a minute because a few moments ago, you said failure, you know, like there's no option. I will not fail. And everything I do turns to gold, but in that you're not I know you're not. So I'm just asking you to bring it up is you're not saying that you haven't failed a thousand times to get to that place, but those weren't failures because so, so kind of dive into your thoughts on that.
1: Absolutely. So what I view as a bit of a failure is if I fell today and I didn't get back up and I just gave up, that's the true failure, right? Giving up, um, we're all going to make mistakes and we're going to end up not going in the direction we want to go in and we have to reassess and figure it out and get back on track. That's not failure. That's you learning from your mistakes. But see what you're saying is
0: people don't even want to do that, right? People don't want to fall down and scrape their knee today, partly because parents protected their kids for too long to even have an opportunity to actually scrape their knee as a kid. Um, So what's your thoughts on that? I mean, people don't want to fail at all.
1: They don't. Yeah, exactly. They 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 feel that they ha- their kids have to get it from the get go. They have to hold their hand every step of the process. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's kind of what's led us to where we're at. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use myself as an example. At age twelve, my mother is working, my father is working, my two brothers are working. I am at age twelve taking care of my younger brother, cleaning our home, cooking dinner for the entire family, and making sure my homework and my brother's homework was done. At the age of twelve, my parents believed in me and trusted me with mm. that responsibility. And I never once turned, uh, like failed them in any way, shape or form. I might've made mistakes. They talked to me about it. They taught me how to do it correctly. That's it. But if they hadn't trusted me, if they hadn't given me the opportunity to show them I can do it, it would have never happened. And nowadays we helicopter our kids, right? Helicopter parent, our kids, we have to be over them, everything that they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, be, be, my my daughter being so young, I'll use this as an example. The second she falls, most people around us want to rush to her and pick her up. No, she just fell. She's okay. She didn't fall far. She just tripped over her own foot, didn't smack her head. Nothing happened. Let her get up on her own. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, it's a simple one, I know. And she's real young and she, we feel like she, they're fragile, which they're not. They're nice. really durable. Right. That's another thing I've learned in the last 19 months. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we have to allow them to f- make mistakes, teach them f- how to improve upon those mistakes and let them try again and be there for them when they make another mistake. That's all you can do. You can't hold their hands and prevent everything from happening.
0: So when you share the story, you know, I'm 12 years old, um, doing everything you had to do. I think some sometimes in our culture we're like oh my gosh what a s- dire straits that's so sad i'm so sorry but we miss opportunities to give our kids responsibility at certain ages um
1: because they are capable of so much oh man yeah it's, it's incredible what my daughter does. Everyday learning, improving. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. see her brain working. You know, I'll use last night, for example. She kept saying, cup, cups. I pick her up, take her to the cupboard. And for the first time ever, she goes, hmm. Oh, Looks my around goodness. at what she wants. I can see her brain working. I'm
0: like, <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, so that she's cute. capable
1: of doing that at 19 months. I can't imagine when she's going to be capable of doing that at five years old.
0: When you give her that opportunity and instead of just stopping the moment and just getting her a cup, choosing for her and not letting her yep. be a part of it. Right. And you do that time, 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 and time again, she ain't going to make her own decisions. She's not going to engage in it, but you're giving her that opportunity as such a small moment as just grabbing the cup, you know, like letting her get Absolutely. engaged. Um, beautiful. So rebelling against this new era of not failing of, um, um, uh, what I, else? How about,
1: how about, we, how about we frame it as everyone has to win?
0: Everyone has to win.
1: Right. Like there is no such thing as losing right now. There's participation trophies. Okay. So let me ask you this then, then
0: be, maybe, maybe it's a bit that we glorify the win. So if you have two fighters, you're, you know, you're sitting there in your, your office right now at the gym, you have two fighters and they go into the ring and they fight. Now, one of them will lose. Absolutely. But is that a loss? Because when you say, I mean, I mean, obviously you don't want to, you're not going to have the, both of them put their hands in the air as winners. So that's ridiculous. But yeah. is it still a win for the person who lost in some
1: sense? Absolutely. Because you know, especially fighting, you know, you get to go back and watch video and you get to see the holes in your game and the mistakes you made. Then you now go back to the drawing board and say, okay, how am I going to improve these holes in my game? How am I going to improve my fight plan? Is it my conditioning wasn't well? Is it that the dude was just better on the ground than I was?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or is
1: it that, you know, I wasn't doing a good job keeping my hands up. So now I know what I need to work on. For sure, it's a loss on your record, right? Right. But if you went and did all the right work after you lost and came back and redeemed yourself and won the next seven fights, got yourself a title fight, maybe that's what you needed. That was your path. Yes. That wasn't maybe an overall dire loss, but it helped you.
0: So when you rebel against this, you're clearly rebelling against it in your life, in the those that you're leading, um, and and now in your daughter who you're a guide to. In what other ways? Do you rebel against that? And and I ask this because I think, just let you answer it and then I'll tell you why.
1: Um, I think the other one would be actually how unhealthy we are as a society. Is the other okay. Way I really rebel. And I you know being in the fitness industry for such a long time, I'll, I'll kind of tell you how I got into the fitness industry. So, man, I was saying when I was 18, I was at a pool party um, with a group of friends. Um, I was probably one of the most obese individuals there. Hmm. Uh, we've had my shirt off, uh, really felt out of shape, felt like I didn't belong with everyone. And I had a good friend in my life at that point. And we still talk to this day. Uh, he was honest with me. I was complaining to him like, man, I just don't feel comfortable being here. Uh, maybe i want to take off. He said, well, if you're unhappy about it, well, why don't you do something about it? Hmm. You know, and that, that's, that, man, that had a lot of fire under me. So I went down this whole lifestyle change and I went from 280 Six pounds down to about 206 pounds. I had abs for the first time in my life. I looked phenomenal. I felt phenomenal. I saw the the improvement in my sleep, my emotions, my (laughs) depression went away. You know, so I I feel like our society's gotten so used to treating health issues with medication. And Mm. don't get me wrong, I I feel like a lot of it is definitely. needed, you know, some things are going to be out of your control, like, like cancer. Some people are born with certain type of diabetes and they can't do anything about that. Right. But for the, for the most part, it's just our lifestyle choices. You know, we, we choose to eat fast food. We choose to eat more sugar than we eat anything else. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we choose convenience over healthy options and it's gotten us to where we are. You know, and, and I think COVID really magnified on how unhealthy right, right. we are, and and you know, no one's preaching it, barely anyone's talking about it. You know, and every time I talk to someone about it, that there were responses. Well, we're in it now. What do we do now? And I said, th- I get it. We're in it now, but guess what? There's going to be another pandemic,
0: hmm. and are
1: we going to say the same thing then, or are we going to start preaching and pushing health fitness? healthy uh, uh, food choices, making healthy food more affordable. No, as a, as a society, we don't care about because we care about convenience and treating things rather than doing the work necessary to prevent them and live a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, And, and I'm going to use my daughter as an example here again. So I, I don't give her anything processed. I don't give her sugar, for, uh, uh, sugar that's not naturally occurring. So a lot of fruits, vegetables, whole grain foods, uh, organic food. Um, And, you know, we went to my mother-in-law's birthday party about a month ago and we decided, hey, we're going to let her try cake. She kind of put it in her mouth a little bit, didn't like it, pushed it away. Instead, went to the blueberries, blackberries, Mm. raspberries, strawberries and completely destroyed those right? It's because I didn't give it to her up to this point and her taste buds aren't even built for it. So she wow. can do it at that age. I don't understand why no one else would be able to do it.
0: Because they've been telling them themselves for too long that this isn't the type of person I am. And then they believe it. Right. I mean, yeah. we just, we yeah. believe the things we tell ourselves, but we don't question the things that we tell ourselves. And then, you know, we don't, maybe we didn't all have a great father like you in our life to to be a guide to show us those things and that's why my hope is that every dude that's listening to this right now there's nothing special about us it's just showing up and doing it and deciding like that's what that's the opportunity we have like every day we wake up with breath in our lungs and our heart beating it's your opportunity now bunch of decisions right decision after decision after decision to get somewhere but it's possible um and, and fairly simple.
1: Yep. You know, and, and I think something else, you know, unfortunately, you brought my dad up again. But my dad, unfortunately, didn't eat healthy when he was younger. You know, mm. he was a smoker. Uh, I remember he had his first heart attack when I was like 16 years old. Wow. Uh, my dad's about, about 70 years old now. Uh, but, um, and... He's had multiple heart attacks. He's actually had open heart surgery. Uh, he didn't take care of himself when he was younger. And, and I think that is maybe a, a motivator for me because mm-hmm. it's hereditary. His father had heart issues, my grandmother. So um, it, it it might be, that is something that's driving me is, is I, I want to be there for my daughter. I, I don't want my life to be cut short due to mouth pleasure and choices that could better choices I could have made. I don't want to leave it up to chance. You know, I want to do the most I can. To be the best version of myself, that that means mentally, physically, all aspects, not just one or two.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important for us to think about that as fathers. You know, I want to be here for my kids. It's not just, I mean, it's on a couple levels. It's like one. Yeah. When I'm out surfing with my 12 year old son or my 12 year old daughter right now, and I see a dad on the beach watching his kid because the dad's not capable. I'm like, bro, you're missing out today. Right. Uh, You're missing yeah, out today. Yeah. Um, but then you think, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I mean, shoot, I'm 30, not 38. So 20 years from now, if I take care of myself, I should still be able to surf with my kid or play basketball or whatever. And if I'm the dad who's constantly just, you know, having a beer in the, in the, which I like to have a beer, but just watch my kid do, you know, whatever it is they're doing while I'm just chilling, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do this the rest of my life. So when you're talking about health and taking care of yourself and being the best version of yourself, this isn't just about Ned wants abs, but it's about we want to be there with our kids. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle and shake that fool's hand. And you know what I mean? I want to be there for these things. And so we can't look at such small things like what's easiest today, which is what you're talking about. It's about, dude, this is our life. This is a big deal. Um, And what we do, what we put into ourselves in our mouth, in our head, it all matters. Um, So I love the things that you're rebelling against. And it's very clear what you are working to create. I have a few questions and I'm sure some more things will come up, but you talked about having the ability to reflect and you talked about wanting to teach your daughter and and future children um, the ability to reflect. Yeah. Talk to me about self-reflection.
1: So first thing I think it is is um, being honest with yourself be, getting into a, a space where you you can be alone for one you know I typically do it at nighttime, daughter's asleep, I'm ready to go to bed. Also then I just reflect on my day. How did my day go today? You know, yeah Well I started at 3 am and I worked from three till seven during that time, how productive was I? How often did I look at my phone? How much work did I actually get done with that time? Did I work out today? Um, Did I tell my family I love them? Did I make sure my daughter got playtime with me and my wife? Um, Did I, you know, I just reflect on every day and making sure that I'm doing the things I've promised myself I'm going to do. Then if I didn't, I'm just honest with myself. How come I was on my phone so much this morning when I was supposed to be working and getting, being more productive? Well, I was getting sucked into the whole loop of Instagram, right. Or, or Facebook. Yeah. How can I be better about that tomorrow? Well, maybe you don't have your phone next to you as you're working, turn it off, put it away somewhere else and see how much more productive you are tomorrow. And then being honest with myself and actually doing it. Um, I'm also big on emotional reflection. You know, it's, hmm. And I and I think this is real important for kids because we have to teach them to be emotionally intelligent, how to keep their emotions in check, especially when they hit those teenage years, right? I remember myself, I was a hot mess as a teenager. (laughs) So I'll just I'll say uh
0: (laughs) the last two nights I picked my daughter up from volleyball. Uh the first one she was crying, not happy about the game. The next night, crying because she was too happy about the practice and the end of season party. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, and she's 15. Uh I just got to show up ready because you never know. Yeah. You never know what's coming.
1: <laughs> so if you are not personal with uh, uh honest with yourself on the emotions you have mm-hmm. how are you gonna teach your daughters or your son to do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't, right? You you teach them to, to shove it all down, not talk about it. And that's it. And then what ends up happening is they explode, right? They don't know how to deal with their emotions as they get older and something serious happens. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think a, a big part of that is just, like I said, honesty. So, you know, what I plan on doing with my daughter is do it with her when she's old enough to have a full conversation with her. How was your day? How was school? What was a good part about it? What, what made you happy? What made you upset? Uh, tell me more about that well is there anything you can do to prevent that from happening you know just talk her through those emotions and let her brain process flow and teach her how to utilize those emotions effectively um so yeah so self-reflection is about i think you know and it's probably something different for everyone you can reflect on your days you can reflect on your business um but you have to do it
0: but at the end of the day you know, we, we hear a lot about journaling and journaling's important and meditation is important and prayer's important. Yeah. But when you bring up self-reflection, I think that what, what we're talking about in all of those things is pausing from all the distractions, even if they're good distractions and focusing in on yourself. Why do you think that most people either don't do that or better yet, why are they not honest with themselves?
1: truth hurts. I mean, Mm. let's, let's be honest, telling yourself you sucked today because you made a lot of bad choices, whether it was the way you ate, uh, being on your phone for three hours when you could have been productive at work and got more done. You don't want to be honest with yourself again, convenience, right? Let me avoid the hardships of sitting here and having this conversation with myself. Yeah. And that's okay. If you don't want to have it. you know, it's maybe not for everyone, but then you can't go complain about where you're not in life or the things you don't have and the things you wish you could have changed when you're not willing to reflect and figure out what those things are.
0: Yeah, and if you're not change. willing to do that, you're. I don't think you're ever fully going to be able to show up for your kids or your spouse or those that you are leading. If you are if you can't be honest with yourself, then how can you be honest with anyone else? And I think a lot of us may find ourselves, so do you agree with this, that that we don't self-reflect and, and uh, are honest with ourselves. We spend most of that time just picking apart other people.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with you, and I and I see it. You know, being in this environment where I, right now I currently have thirty-one employees. You know, I see it. Yeah. You know, employees that, you know, sometimes I can see them making fun of other employees uh, when I can personally see that they have issues with, for themselves, right? And it's not my place. If it's not work-related to do it, making sure there's no drama in the workplace. Yeah. But I don't go and tell them how to live their lives, right? That's up for them. If they come to me for advice, I would be more than happy to be honest with them. Mm-hmm. But it's not my place to go out of my way and tell them, hey, you got your own things to you need to improve on before you sit there and criticize other people.
0: But yeah, and that's the circle right there, right? And it goes back to really this life that you're trying to live, that of a a role model. And so you're like, I'm be a role model here. And if they come and ask me, then I'll be honest with them. But I'm gonna set my tone by the way I live my life, not by going around telling everybody how they should live their life, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Because, Because the reality is, is we all have messes in our life. It's just how honest are we about the messes? And then what are we doing to change those messes, uh, minimize those messes. Um, Man, I really, I love that. The be honest with yourself. So you talk about reflecting on your day and the things that you promised yourself you would do today. So I want to ask you being so disciplined and in such a disciplined environment, what are the bare minimums daily? So if you could only do three things a day to be the best version of yourself. Okay. So I'm not talking like, you know, it's like, you're going to die tomorrow and you only can do three things today. Uh, But to be the best version of yourself today, if there's only three things you could do, what would those three things be?
1: Yeah. I do a lot in a day, so that's kind of hard to narrow down just three. Uh, But I I would say my number one would of course be my daughter. Mm. Make sure every day that I interact with her. uh, I, I show her my love that I have for her hug her and kiss her and just, just, let her know she has it. She has a, a very loving dad in her life uh, who will do anything for that. So, that, so that's number one priority. Um, and I would say I would kind of actually along the lines of that with my wife as well. You know, my wife does a ton for our family. And to tell you the truth, I wouldn't be able to do half the things I do if it wasn't for her, you know, sacrificing. She's willing to sacrifice a lot to give me the opportunities to do what, what I'm doing. Yeah, shout out uh, to the second- awesome moms out there. Dude, there's a she's a killer mom so but she awesome. also had a real great mom as well she's had a lot of great women in her life so i'm fortunate enough yeah um the next thing i would actually say is my fitness you know uh you know I, I i find a lot of um, self-reflection in my workouts i guess mm. um i teach really i've taught myself to kind of it's a, a bit of my outlet i guess you know what i like to always say is I have a demon and I have to exercise that demon every day, right? And, and that's how I can be a better version. I have to get that tension, that that angst out of me mm-hmm. for me to think clearly, for me to be patient with my daughter. So fitness is every day. It's not an option. And part of fitness, of course, goes being nutrition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. okay the so, last thing I actually want to say is yeah. uh, do something every day that moves me forward in my life. Hmm. So whether that is work on my business, um, maybe try, uh, reading a book, um, taking new courses, I find time every day to do something to improve myself. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, and I think if we stop doing that, we'll become very stagnant in our lives and we learn that ability, or we lose that ability to learn and improve.
0: Yeah. It,
1: it is a skill set that you have to do every day for you to be able to reflect. Right. So that, that could be it. It's a daily reflection or I I love to listen to podcasts or or a book while I'm working out. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be a wide range of things that I do, but I I find a way every day to do something to improve.
0: Hmm. Love it. All right. And so I can just tell, I mean, I know you are, you are a reader uh, whether that be, you know, physical book these days, Kindle um, audible, whatever. If you would recommend one book to people, what would that book be?
1: Ooh, um, it's actually a book. One of my, I would say, best mentors, Lance Dangate. Shout out. He um, he, he really impacted my life a lot. He mm. he, the way he coached me, the way the role model he was in my life. Um, he assigned me a book to read once and give mm. him a summary. It was called The Oz Principle. Um, it's teaching you self reflection a bit. Mm. Um, so it teaches you how to identify the situation you're in. Um, Once you identify that, how to go through some steps of rising above your situation, right? There's two different types of people, powerless people who are, uh, um, I guess, unaware, or or maybe by choice, or they're just unaware of what they're doing and the the self-destructive patterns they have going on. And there is powerful people in in this life where they are accountable for all their own actions or circumstances.
0: Mm. I think
1: that's been the biggest impact of any book that, uh, uh, any book has had on me has been, uh, the Oz principle. It, it really helped me to get out of this victim stage of, of making myself a victim and everything that happens in my life.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, and I know you had talked about this before and now this is where this is coming from is, is to take accountability for your own life. Right. Absolutely. And and um, is there anything else to say on that, you know, that you would expand on in this, this idea of not being a victim and taking accountability of your own life?
1: No, I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, uh, everyone, I'm sure everyone's heard this before. It's you versus you. You know, you're your own biggest competitor. Don't, don't look at people on Instagram. Don't look at people on Facebook, yeah. These influencers. The reality is a lot of that is fake. They're putting it on a front to, to get followers and make money, which is okay. That's their lifestyle. But the reality is you don't have to focus on other people. Just focus on improving yourself and Mm -hmm. see where your life actually goes when you're honest with yourself and you're actually putting in the work to improve. Mm. So good. So good. Um, okay.
0: One last question before I ask my last question and that's on balance. (laughs) Okay. That's on balance. So you've talked about how important balance is, um, and, and, and I think a lot of it ties into the self-reflection and being aware um, and and having a schedule, et cetera. But above those things, which you've touched on a lot, is there anything else that you would say, like when you're coaching someone or you're thinking about your own life that has helped you to, to have a balanced life?
1: I would say the number one thing would be to learn to say, no, it's easy to get caught up into doing a million things and getting excited, letting your emotions take over. So I just learning to say no, it's okay to say no. You don't have to be a part of everything. You don't have to go hang out with your friends every night. You don't have to be up laying in your bed from eight to 11 PM uh, uh, chit chatting with someone going back and forth on text or Instagram. Uh, or, yes. You know, like, like you just have to have some discipline to say no. Uh, and, and that goes a long way. Cause I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of friends that always want to talk or, Want to message you? Or they'll send you memes and a group message, and the meme becomes three pages long of everyone going back and forth, and it's funny. But you get caught into it; you're you just wasted an hour of your day.
0: Yeah, I, I can't read those anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I stopped it's, doing it's it as well. fun, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd rather have a one-on-one five-minute conversation with somebody that's like matters. Uh, feels like there's just so much fluff out there.
1: Um, um. Next thing I was gonna say is learning to say no, and also maybe closing down your 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 circle of friends. And that's okay. You don't have to yeah. have twenty thousand friends. I mean, the reality is, I have my wife, my best friend, um, my family. I see a lot. Um, and I probably, to be honest, I to like I'll say two to five friends I see on a regular basis. A yeah. regular basis for me is once a month. Yeah. Because my priority right now is to step myself up for for a successful future while being able to spend time with my family. But if I'm Mm -hmm. going out Friday night, hanging out with a friend, well, I just lost that night with my wife. Maybe my daughter's sleeping, but now I don't see my wife. Yeah. You know, and she's important to me. She's a priority. So you just have to learn. Maybe it's just discipline. Maybe when I'm thinking about it now. It's just to have more discipline in your life.
0: Yeah. And in that discipline, I think it's okay to go, I'm in a season, right? Like I have a 19 month old right now, or I have a, you know, this is what's going on and, and, and not go, oh my gosh, this is the rest of my life. No, it's not. It's, it's a season. And so do what's best for you and your family in the season that you're in. And you can only do that if you are self-reflecting on where you even are, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and where you want to go where you want to go. Yes. Yeah. Have yes. a sense
1: of direction. Yeah, what do you want out of your life?
0: Love it. Okay. Ben, this has been such a rich conversation, man. And here's my last question. So okay. imagine 33 years from now, you are now standing out in the street, staring into the home of your daughter, who is now 35 years old. What is it that you see in her home? Whether that be with, you know, her family, whatever, what is it you see? And and you go, oh, man, all that work I did, I'm seeing played out in there right now. That's the legacy. What do you see?
1: Oh, man, one well, that's a bit of an emotional question. <laughs> just, just saying that um, kind of puts, I would say, a little bit of tears in my eye because mm. um, she is she's important to me. So I definitely, things that I see for her, I think number one would be happiness. Mm. You know, you can have all the money in the world, the nicest house, nicest cars, but if you're not enjoying it, you're not surrounded by people that love you back for who you are and you can be yourself in front of them and you're happy, there's no substitute for that, man. Yeah, That's the number one thing I would say is, is happiness. Um, I, I want love in her life. Uh, I want to walk into that house and then feel the love mm. of her kids, her husband, wife, whoever she ends up with. Um, and then I, I would say healthy. Well, health and happiness are probably the top two things that I would want to see. Um, of course, I want her to be financially set. I want her to have some some stability in her life and not have to stress about getting two, three jobs. I want all that for her. But at the end of the day, even if she has to work two jobs, if she's with someone that loves her, they've got kids, they're all happy and they're getting through their life. I mean, they're, they're, they're going through life together yes. rather yes. than getting through it. I love that. Um, that, 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 that would make me very happy.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Love it. Ben, well, I think that the work you're doing today is definitely pointing to that future. I thank you for thank the you way brother. that you are loving and leading your, your family, your team, and anybody who crosses your path. And I just uh, encourage you just keep being yourself and, and, uh, reflecting on where you are today and where you'll be tomorrow. And I'm excited to see all the things that you do in the future, my friend.
1: Thank you, Nat. Thank you so much for this opportunity to sit down and talk to you. I hope we get to do it again soon. Yes, I loved it, man. Until next time. Until next time.
0: What a great conversation with Ben. I love his discipline. I love his self-confidence. I love the father, the friend, the leader that he is daily striving to be. Really the conversation around being honest with yourself, like pausing as a man and looking in the mirror and being honest Not just comparing yourself to others and maybe feeling good about yourself compared to the guy down the street, but to look at yourself in the mirror. Am I the husband I want to be? Am I the father I want to be? Am I the leader I want to be? And he made a a, a note that really stuck out to me. He, He talked about leadership and that it's not about business, but being a leader is a quality of life. My friends, you have what it takes. You are a father. You are a leader. Thank you to all you dads out there listening To rebel and creates fatherhood field notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide. Ned, shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And if you haven't listened to it already, want to spread the word, the TEDx talk I did is out. You can find it on Instagram, Facebook, or just YouTube, Ned Shout TEDx, where I talk about how fatherhood can change the world. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe the podcast. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thank you.